Welcome to F Words with Leslie, a podcast about food, fitness, and other F words. I'm your host, Leslie Held. Hey guys, it's Leslie and welcome to episode two. Today we are talking food. I know, big topic, but we're going to break it down today with my friend, Ashley Rizzo. Ashley is a certified nutritionist and registered dietitian here in Columbia, Missouri. And she is all about getting rid of that toxic diet culture and adapting healthy habits that will last you throughout the rest of your life and to find joy again with food. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Good morning, Ashley. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you could come today and talk with us. So thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. Well, you are expert when it comes to nutrition and health. So I wanted to talk to you and just kind of pick your brain about some things we hear and just kind of talk about basic nutrition today. Absolutely. So when we talk about basic nutrition, a lot of people know carbs, fat, protein, uh, but can you kind of expand on that? So let's kind of break it down for, for everyone. Yes. So nutrition science it has like infiltrated our culture, right? So everybody knows carbs, fat, protein. We even know like saturated fat and trans fat and probiotics and all of these things that if you look like a hundred years ago, nobody, just the average person didn't know what those things are. So um, it's interesting because I think sometimes we look right past just the foods that we're eating straight to the nutrients, which can make it a little bit confusing. But essentially, the science of nutrition is the study of all of the compounds that make up our food and then how they affect our bodies, right? So the macronutrients are like the big ones that provide calories to our body. So those are the carbs, protein, fat. Carbohydrates are predominantly like what your body uses for fuel. So your brain and your muscles preferably run on carbohydrate. Proteins kind of like the building blocks. So that's not just your muscles, but your hormones and like all of the, like your bones and all the things that you need for your body to function. Mm-hmm. And then fat helps with different things. So it helps with um, energy storage, helps with heat regulation. Um, and then it can help with like um, absorption of certain vitamins and minerals. Okay. So they all have different roles, but they're all necessary. Then we have like the micronutrients that don't provide any nutrition to your body or sorry, don't provide any calories to your body, but are essential for life. So that would be like your vitamins, minerals, um, phytochemicals, those kinds of things. Okay. Awesome. And so all of that makes up food, basically what we're eating. Uh, And and that makes a big difference what you're putting in your body and uh, how it reacts. So if, if someone is thinking about, you know, I know with me, it can be very overwhelming. The internet has a ton of things. Everyone knows everything now and Mm -hmm. it can just, you can get kind of muddled in all of this information. So if you were going to start a wellness journey or you're going to start eating better or taking that first step into really kind of learning your body and treating it well, what are the first kind of three things you would suggest to somebody to start doing? I'm going to warn you, it's not very exciting. 
<laughs> usually, usually change like that isn't that exciting. <laughs> it's not. It's not exciting, but that's kind of what I was saying. Is that you know we get so caught up in all of these little things, like like all of these invisible nutrients that are in our foods, and we're like, okay, I've got to count these carbs, and I've got to. Um, make sure I'm getting X grams of protein per day or X grams of fat or, you know, whatever. And really, I think if you're just starting out, getting back to the very, very, very basic things is the most important. So, number one, I would say everybody, even myself, myself included, everybody could eat more vegetables. So, yes, that's number one. Eat more I'm vegetables. I'm not a veg. I'm I, <laughs> My veggie intake needs to be much, much more than it is. But yes, yes, I agree. Well, yeah, I mean, do you can't overdo it. Like you cannot eat too many vegetables. So that's the number one thing. Everyone okay. can eat more vegetables. Okay. Number two is either in some way, shape, or fashion, log what you're eating for only one week. All I would say, give yourself one week, make no changes, just take an assessment of what you're eating right now. Kind of like if you were starting a budget, that's, they say the same thing. Like, well, if you're going to start a budget, you need to know how much you're spending. So if you're going to change the way you eat, you need to know how you're eating. So keeping some kind of record for a week that you can go back to and say, oh, I didn't realize I was eating so many snacks or I didn't realize I didn't have a single vegetable this day. <laughs> Yes. I, that's so helpful. Yeah. That is so helpful. Cause I know when I track and then I go, Oh, like, okay. I didn't realize I had ate that much today or, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's really a game changer. It just the little time that it takes to do it. I think it really does make a difference. Okay. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. No tracking is, is good. And I think most people, when they hear that, they're like, Oh, I don't Mm want to do that. Yep. And so that's, that's why though, I only say like, give yourself one week because just that one week, if you go into it, telling yourself, I'm going to eat normally how I always eat, that alone is, is enough to give you the insight you need on like, what are the areas to work on? Um, and I think if you, I think tracking can become more of like an OCD thing. So you live or die by these numbers. And so I think like, just give yourself a good week. It doesn't even have to be on an app, just handwritten, mm-hmm. just one week. Okay. Anyone one week, it. one week, everybody. <laughs> then the third thing I would say is just be realistic and have the mindset that it's going to take time. Yes. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I think when you go into a change and you're like, okay, 30 days of, Mm-hmm. eating clean and I'm going to be a new woman or a new man is setting yourself up to not be successful long-term. Um, you might stick to those 30 days or you might stick to those three months or whatever. And then what? Um, so yeah. slow and steady wins the race. I think that's the third thing is to have the right mindset about it. Yes. Because best friend and I have this joke and uh, we'll say, oh, we ate so well. And like, why are we not skinny? Like, why didn't we wake up skinny? Like we did so good today, <laughs> but it's not just one day. It's yeah. all the days combined that gets you healthy. And, you know, some days are easier than others, but I think, yeah, it's, it's consistency really at the end of the day, it's consistency. Yes. That's a big You're word. Exactly in this. Right. 
in this community, the health and wellness consistency is with yes. exercise, with fitness, with <laughs> almost anything. So right. yeah, those are wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, so I am a self-sabotager. <laughs> I know that is uh, hard for some people to grasp. So my question is, is what are some things that you see people when they're doing their journey or starting their journey, or maybe even midway through that they're on un- and maybe even unwillingly know, but they're kind of self-sabotaging or setting them out themselves up to fail. Do you see mm-hmm. that? And if you do, what are some of the things you see? It's an interesting question because now I have more than three. (laughs) Well, you can say as many (laughs) as you want. So the first thing I would say I see a lot of people do, and and I would say is mostly women that are doing this, is they're too restrictive. You know, a lot of the popular diets right now are really restrictive. Anyways, within that realm, like you're not eating enough. Um, And then you're doing two things, right? So if you're, if you're restricting too much, you're setting yourself up to have like really intense cravings, which generally lead to a binge in some, yes, whether it's just like a large volume of food or if it's just like, I had any ice cream in, mm-hmm. in three weeks. And now I'm eating like ice cream every day, you know? So, yeah. Or you eat uh, the whole entire container in one yeah. sitting. Yeah. Like right, a binge. right. Right. So too restrictive. Um, in that sense, but then even just if you're not eating enough, right? So you eat this tiny little breakfast, a tiny little lunch, and then in the evening you're like, oh, inhaling everything because you're starving yourself. Mm-hmm. So too restrictive is is one thing I see a lot of people do that is self-sabotaging. Well, um, and I think women just think automatically they have to have this minute amount of calories in order to look a certain way. And I yes. think you know, it depends on how active you are. It depends on, you know, what you weigh, what your structure is. That's why I say to you, like, if you have questions or don't know where to start, that's where going to like a registered dietitian or going to someone like Ashley and saying, Hey, you know, I want to eat better. I don't know where to start. And then they can kind of set you up on that path so that you, you know, that you know your numbers, because if right. you go to the internet or rely on something that it could be okay for some person, but you're not figuring in certain things. So, yeah, just I would say the thing that's notorious for that is my fitness pal. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> my fitness pal tells everybody 1200 calories. It doesn't matter if you're like a seven foot man or a five foot little lady. Yeah. Like they're going to tell you 1200 and that's not. Right. It's not correct. <laughs> and, and sometimes you go, I can't eat this much. The coolest thing that I've learned through probably this whole entire experience is listening to your body. And it'll tell you mm-hmm. when it's actually hungry and it'll tell you what you need to feed it. If you listen, <laughs> it'll also tell your brain will also tell you some really <laughs> bad stuff that you should ignore or your feelings. <laughs> your feelings always tell me something that I should not do. However, right. your body will, will tell you like, I need more water. I need more vegetables. Mm-hmm. I need this. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of regulates itself. The other thing I'd say is unbalanced meals. What I mean by that is like you eat, like if you're like trying to eat healthier, right? So you eat just like this giant salad for lunch. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's a, a large volume of vegetables, right? So, so you're eating this good sized meal and it's healthy food, but if you don't have protein-based foods. So if you don't have like some chicken or some beans or, or something 
boiled eggs, I don't know, some sort of protein in that. And then what happens is an hour later, you're starving again. You're like, I just ate and I just ate this healthy meal. Why am I starving? Or another example might be even like I tell everyone, I think it's good to include a little bit of starch at each of your meals because it gives you kind of like a stable energy intake mm-hmm. whenever it's balanced, right? So you have some fruit or vegetable starch and a protein. The way those nutrients interact together gives you more stable energy throughout the day. So balanced meals is the other thing that I think a lot of people don't do that would help them. Yes, I think that is really good too. I didn't even really think about that of having that balance that kind of keeps everything in line. We get told so much, and and I've I've done this too, I don't eat a ton of carbs, but I don't think carbs are bad or starch is bad. You just have to find the right ones that work with you. I think that's super important. So something that I really, really love about you and what you do is mindfulness. And and I didn't know much about the topic until I met you. So I know that's something you practice and you're really passionate about. So what is it and how can people incorporate it into their daily life? You know, mindfulness is a hard thing um, in our culture, especially because we have so many things pulling at our attention. My uh, confession is that I... I'm a phone addict and I've got (laughs) my phone all the time. I just deleted my Instagram app because it's just. You can get in a hole. It's an Instagram hole. Yes. (laughs) So when we're in this environment of just like constant information being thrown at us, we end up not paying attention to everything. And so mindfulness as a whole is just non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. And awareness in that sense, meaning that like all five of your senses are tuned into what's going on right here and right now. Mm-hmm. So for example, like there is some practitioners that say like, okay, right before you eat, you sit down, take three deep breaths to kind of bring your awareness to this present moment. I, the one with mindfulness is I don't do cheesiness well. <laughs> and I feel like a lot yes. of the stuff that's out there is like really cheesy. Yes. And so, so I'm giving a talk on mindfulness actually in about a month. And I'm like, how can I give this talk without being cheesy at all? And so I came across this tactic that I like that okay. I think might work in this mindful eating sense. So um, before eating to kind of bring your attention to your meal and what you're about to do It's like, okay, what are three things that you see, three things you hear, and three things you feel? So like right now I can see a sewing machine, I can hear a fan going, and I can feel my butt in this chair, right? Okay. So when you do that, now you're bringing yourself back into this moment instead of what's going on on the news, what's on my Instagram, what's going on at work, whatever. Mindfulness is just that. It's just the awareness of what's going on. And so when you put that in the sense of Michael eating, it's paying attention to what does your food look like and what does the food taste like and what does the food feel like in your mouth? Um, and just really being present in that moment and paying attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think sometimes too, you're having something that's like a little more decadent, you know, like you're having a dessert or you're having something and then you go oh, this is really good. I want to savor this. It's like savoring. So instead of like just gobbling it down because it's so good, 
like actually savoring the food you're eating. Yes, and not feeling guilty. So savoring it instead of thinking the entire time, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. I should not be eating this. Mm -hmm. Then you don't enjoy it. And then you're like, might as well not have eaten it. Yeah. No, it's, and that's the thing, like I've learned too, when I go, oh, I want that. And then I eat it and it's not very good. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? So it kind of prepares you like just the other day, I was like, oh, I kind of, I wanted something. I don't remember what it was now. You know, it's not that great. And I don't want to not ruin, but I don't want to postpone the results that I'm working on right now by indulging in that. that yes. That's kind of, that's my, been my mantra the last couple of weeks is like, okay, yeah, that might be good and it might taste good, but mm, is it really, you know, do you really want to get to your goal that you set for yourself or do you want this right now? Exactly. That's, and that's a good experience. You know, even if like, let's say whatever, whatever it was that you really want and you chose to go ahead and indulge in it and your first few bites, you're like, actually this doesn't really taste good you don't have to finish it you know nope. and that's that's the nice thing about mindful eating is that you're in charge you can choose to eat it if you want if you're enjoying it and if you don't then don't eat it yeah like i had some you know diet ice cream whatever the halo top <laughs> as a new flavor and last time i was like i'm gonna eat it and, and i ate like three bites and i was like this isn't great like, this isn't it really like good water. It does. It's like, it's like flavored water with a bad aftertaste. And I'm just like, stop. Like you're not under any obligation to eat this whole thing. And so I did, I stopped, I threw it away and it is what it is. The mindfulness is a big thing. And, and when you can practice it, it, I, it is a game changer. Yeah. We talked about earlier about the information overload of the internet and mm -hmm. everything it tells us. And so I know, you know, there's superfood oh, and mm -hmm. all these different things. And again, like you said at the beginning, like we get so caught up in First, it was the macronutrients, and now it's the micronutrients, and it's just mm -hmm. dissecting your food. I'm just curious, is there two foods that you would say you really feel like you get the biggest bang for your buck nutritional-wise that would be really great to put in your diet or continue to eat in your diet? So, you know, if you look at any of those lists of superfoods, there's so many different lists, right? Like, you could find the top 10 in two different sources and they go 10 totally different yes. foods. So all foods have health, uh, all whole foods, unrefined foods have mm -hmm. some health benefits to them. But if I had to pick two things that I try to think like, okay, do I have any of this in my menu for this week? I would say the number one would be the dark leafy green vegetables. Even within that, I would say probably like your best two to choose would be kale or arugula. Okay. And the reason I say that is because they kind of double within two classes of vegetables. So they count as a dark green leafy, and then they also count as a cruciferous vegetable. And so each of those groups have like their own health benefits. So mm -hmm. with those two, the kale and the arugula, they fit into both categories to get lots of benefits. That's good. See, I'm not a big kale fan, but I do like arugula. So then that, yeah, me too. so that makes me go, oh, okay. Then the next time I go make a salad, I'm going to throw some arugula in there. The other one would be berries. So like okay. berries of any kind, strawberry, blueberry, blackberry. So those would be my two things. So I'd say if you can include those, those would be, you get your biggest bang for your buck, like you said.
Okay. Like the nice thing with berries is they don't have a ton of sugar content, correct? So if you are diabetic or you are kind of watching certain numbers, berries do fit in there pretty well, right? They do. So um, to give some perspective, like one medium banana, not that banana is bad. Like I don't want to give them no, much no, that no, bananas no. are bad, but just to give some comparison, a medium banana is about 30 grams of carbohydrate and one baseball size amount of berries is 15 grams of carbohydrate. They are lower in terms of natural sugar content and they, you can get, so, you know, if you tried to buy strawberries in January, they're super expensive, but frozen berries are equally beneficial as fresh. So even okay. if frozen fits into your budget better, that's good. That's great information. Thank you very much. So embarking on eating well, especially if you're like me, you know, my mom fixed great meals, but I just was a picky kind of eater. It's one of those things where when you're kind of making that change, it can be very overwhelming. And I think we hit some really good points on this, but if you're talking to somebody, what's one piece of advice you would give someone who is embarking on a wellness journey? So I would say that, um, you know, after you do those first three things, right? So you, yes. well, after you track what you're eating and you kind of take assessment of what changes you need to make, pick things that you want to see yourself doing now for the rest of your life. So if you think about the person that you want to be, start acting like that person now. Okay. And that means um, if you don't really want to be a runner, then don't say that you're going to run until you get to X number of pounds and then you'll figure it out from there. Mm -hmm. Or um, if you don't want to follow a low carb diet for the rest of your life, well then let's not set that up as your plan right now. As we said earlier, consistency truly is the key. So we've got to figure out what behaviors you can repeat mostly every day for the rest of your life. The plan thinking that, okay, well, when I get to this weight, then I'm going to eat, eat more balanced or eat, um, give myself more freedom. And that usually doesn't end well long-term. No, you gain all your weight back. <laughs> That's, I did that. I mean, you know, I, there are some other factors um, that went hand in hand with that, but you can't diet and then get to a weight and then expect to return to your old eating habits and that weight not coming back. It's just right. going to happen. And so, starts. yeah, yeah you know, small attainable goals and things that you can see that you will carry throughout the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so great to talk to you. And I know, it's good to talk to you too. I know. I hope you come back. I mean, I think Ashley and I could talk about a ton of different things. So I hope you come back. Yes, of course. So thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Leslie. If you enjoyed my conversation with Ashley and want to know more about her and the services she offers, you can find her on Facebook, Ashley Ritzo Nutrition, R-I-T-Z-O. And if you want a direct link, go to losingitwithleslie.com and go to the podcast section and season one, episode two. See you next week.